Welcome to Sweeping the Country. Here is my good friend and co-host, Mr. Jimmy Carter. And today, Jimmy, we're going into the vault. Yeah, we're going into the vault with one of my favorite singers of all time, whose reputation has been dragged through the mud. Indeed. And I hate that. Uh, she made a bad decision who she married, mm -hmm. and it ultimately cost her her life Oof, and her daughter's life. Ugh. But as purely as a singer, uh, there was no uh, no limit to how high she was going to go. I never saw her in a concert, but I did watch her rehearse mm. live oh. at Radio City Music Hall. Let me stop uh, you right there because that a lot of people have never heard that. They've they've heard the finished product. Is she or was she as great as she was recorded yes. as live? She was she was a great singer cuz yeah. When I heard, I heard her later do it on the show and it, it was perfection mm -hmm. it was great and uh i don't even remember what the song was but i just remember she was singing it at probably half throttle yeah and her range and everything was just one of the most heavenly deals we're talking about whitney houston and whitney houston died on february the 11th 2012 mm -hmm. at the beverly hilton and uh i remember very much and she died in the bathroom yeah it was bad. just, a, you know, like Elvis, except she was in the tub or something. Yeah, tragic. Just, yeah, yeah. And just tragic, tragic, tragic. She was uh, a, a very uh, fragile personality. Uh, Clive Davis, the big shot at Arista, mm -hmm. was behind. And he just kind of personally made that his project. And that was that was his singer. And he was with it all the way through to the end. Um, she was only, I think, 40 or 42, about the age of Elvis when she passed away and drowning due to coronary <sighs> problem. And it's just, just horrible. And, uh, but it's rare, you, you know, when you, she didn't do that many interviews over the years. I can't think of one. And, uh, I'm, I honestly cannot think of ever seeing her sit down with anybody. Maybe. I don't know if Oprah was around during her. I don't know. That, I don't know. She might have Maybe. with Oprah, you know, but it, she wasn't overexposed to say the least. Indeed, She wasn't comfortable in an interview necessarily situation. She, as we did this over a four-year period, let's go ahead and listen to the first one. This is from the movie Publicity for the Bodyguard. We sat down. Um, I don't even remember if we were in L.A. or New York, but we sat down. I think we were in L.A., but I don't know. And I remember she had some makeup people around and everything, and she was very nervous because she had never done really anything like that. Hmm. And away we go. What kind of year has this been for you? A lot of firsts. Mm-hmm. First movie, first baby, first marriage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is that good? I think it is. I think it's very good. Um, you know, uh, everything takes its time. You know, and I, I took my time with marriage and, and with, with the baby and, and, and with doing a film. You know, um, I've been offered films before, and I've turned down many of them. Um, this one was um, kind of special, you know. I used to cover the Grammys a lot and still do. Mm -hmm. And I was covering them first time for me it was the first time you were winning all these you know going up there with all this stuff <laughs> uh -huh. and you seemed to be a very shy young girl at the time mm -hmm. were you yes i still am in certain ways um but i'm older and a lot more confident you know um but i am a shy person i am that's pretty much like everybody in this business isn't it i mean they're on stage, they're one way. Off stage, they're really a shy person. Yeah, People don't understand most, that. Most of, uh, of my colleagues are that way. You know, um, very shy people, very uh, to themselves, you know. Um, but performance is, is a different thing, you know. It's a time of release. It's a time of letting it 
be there, you know. Whatever you've got to give, that's the time to give it, you know. Is that the happiest time of your life when you're out there in the middle of a stage singing somewhere? It's one of the joys of my life. It's one of the things I look back on and say, oh God, I remember that moment. I remember that time. What a nice time that was, you know. Um, I get a lot of pleasure out of uh, singing uh, on stage and, and, and the people, the response of the people. I, I love that. That is a performer's, you know, dream, you know, to, to stand on stage and to sing and have people enjoy it and take it in and take it home. It's a strange thing, and I think it affects movie stars and particularly people in your position who are really popular singers. Mm -hmm. It's an uncomfortable, and I think that's the right word, relationship with fans because you've got to have them, you want them, you love them, mm -hmm. but then it's a little bit scary because they actually want a piece of you. Sure. Um, you know, um, you try not to be afraid of your fans, you know. Uh, you don't want to be afraid, you know, you don't want to think that someone wants to hurt you, you know, but it is a fact that in this, this business, you know, um, when you are a popular person, you know, a high profile individual, um, there's a couple of people, you know, who, who are a little, you know, take it to the extreme, you know. I am not afraid of my fans, I, I never have been, you know, although that um, I realize that there are the, the few that, you know, look at me and say, yeah, I love her, but I hate her, you know, that kind of thing. So, you know, it, it makes you kind of weary. It's kind of scary, isn't it, really? Sure it's just it kind of unsettling. Yes, it can be. It can be. I know Dolly Parton and several others have had to cancel performances. I mean, if you had, was there any similarity in your life in what happened to this lady in any way uh, as far as how she acts or the pressure that she was under? Is that a little bit of Whitney up there? Um, yeah, I think that it's... Uh, it's something that um, you can't avoid, you know. Um, um, Rachel's, um, I, like, you know, there was a time when I identified Rachel so much. Um, I, I was threatened, and um, there was a letter sent to me. And, uh, you know, the guy threatened me and said that he would take me out, you know. I, um, I thought about it for a second. I thought, well, maybe I shouldn't go on, you know. But then there's 19,000 people waiting for me, you know. And I'm saying, well, how can I let one person um, take, you know, do this to me, take what I love to do and, and, and take away what people, you know, come to hear, what they love to see. How can I allow that to happen? You know, so I said, well, listen, if somebody's going to take me out, they're going to take me out, you know, and, and they're not going to tell me they're going to take me out. They're just going to come up and shoot me or, you know, or, or, or whatever, you know. So I went on anyway, you know, nothing happened, you know, nothing, no, no signs of anything, but it's a scary situation. As far as the movie goes, was Kevin good to you since he was an old pro and you were the rookie? Yes, he was. He was very good to me. He was very kind. He was part of the reason why I decided to do, I mean, a major part of the reason why I decided to do The Bodyguard. Um, you know, I was a little hesitant at first. You know, I was a little apprehensive about doing such a major role, my first role, you know. I never expected to, to have that kind of role, you know. So when, when, I, when, I, when I talked to Kevin, I told him my concerns, and he said, don't worry. He said, I will be there with you. He said, believe me, you, you're going to be a natural at it. He said, I just know it. I've been watching you, and I know that you're going to be just great in this film. And I was going, well, how do you know this? You know, he said, because you're what this film needs. You know, you, you, you know, you, you, you're, he said, you're an incredible singer. You know, um, um, you, you haven't done a film. This is going to be your first film. It, it's, it's, a, it's a kicker. You know, it's a good opening for you to start with, you know. So he kind of convinced me that this was something that I really should do. You know, when you were a little girl singing, watching your mama and, uh, and Dion, your, uh, she's your aunt? 
My cousin. Your cousin, yeah. Mm -hmm. And these are such great ladies. You had, if you were going to try to go out and try to equal or surpass what they'd ever done, I'm sure that was kind of frightening in itself. But when did you know at what point that you thought you had made it? You were kind of, kind of self-satisfied to a little bit. Um, hmm. Was it the number one album coming out as number one? That had to be pretty heady stuff. That was pretty, you know, um, exciting, um, pretty definite, I think, <laughs> about what was happening. But um, it was after the first album. You know, once the success of the first album came, um, then the, the second album kind of, uh, when, when the first single came off the second album, I kind of said, mm, this is what's going to happen, you know, this way it's going to be. And, you know, if I had anything at all to do with that, you know, um, the, the hard work and, and, the, and the constant traveling and the touring and the meeting and the greetings and the, the, the fans and the da-da-da-da-da-da had a whole lot to do with the impact, I think, of, of those albums. Well, you earned it, girl. Thanks. <laughs> a lot of people love that movie, mm. The Bodyguard. Yeah. Uh, it featured, the, it had so I love the soundtrack. It's one of the most oh, successful God. soundtracks in Hollywood history. It's up there with Saturday Night Live and things like that. Of course, it had the song I Will Always Love You uh, that won every kind of award written by Dolly Parton. Dolly uh, says it paid her so much money. Oh, yeah. You know, it just, and it, it was just, it was great. And it began her acting career. Uh, Kevin Costner and Whitney got very close, not lovers or anything, but yeah, he yeah. just really cared for her. And she had a hard time making that movie. She was not a trained actress. And it, it's, it, it was a lot of things behind the scenes that, uh, you, that you heard a lot of gossip about, yeah. you know, just everything. But the finished product was good. It was great, and, yeah. And she was a, you know, she was not a great actress yet. Mm -hmm. I think she got better. There's a movie that we're going to do next that we did, Waiting to Exhale. Oh, yeah. You can hear in her voice uh, in this interview that she sounds more confident. And somewhere around in here uh, is where the trouble began. But right for this, she was great. And this is Whitney Houston from 1995. This is for my four-year-old. I mean, for my 11-year-old, who used to be four, I was thinking about that. She first started liking you when she was four. Oh, what gosh. do you do with fan mail? <laughs> what does Whitney Houston do with all this fan mail? Well, certainly, you know, Whitney Houston can't read all her fan mail. But um, I have every piece of fan mail opened, and I try to respond. I try to respond. It's, it's just such a great number that you have to put it in a, a company situation where people who are, 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 are dedicated to Whitney Houston's fans and I have a department that is dedicated to just that. And I try to reach those people that try to reach me. You know, I do. And if I don't, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. But I love you all I do. You do have a lot of, uh, particularly girls. I love you. I bought your records, too. I've spent hard cash for Whitney Houston. All right. So all right. I like it. Okay. But, I mean, girls really, I mean, they have a thing. I mean, they love Whitney Houston. Oh, that's very sweet. And you're a role model for a lot of young girls. Uh, I know you may not want to be. Uh -uh. But... Uh, don't you? That's kind of a tough pressure. It's like a lot of football players and stuff like that. I am not a role model, as my friend Barkley would say. Um, no, that role model thing is scary. Scary. Um, I would just really less like to be um, an example of what can be done if you put your mind and your work and your body and your soul into it. And that's it. My life is not to be looked at as a role. I'm not playing a role. This is my life. And I'm certainly not a model. <laughs> and I don't think anybody really in this country right now is. 
you know, I've listened to your voice. You got a little cold or something today. I'm hoarse. And I was reading a little bit about you where you apparently were on stage and you went and nothing came out. When was this? There was uh, a times. Little, one, really, that's a scary thing, though, isn't it? Oh, yeah. When I lose my voice, it scares me because it's like losing my arm. You know, this is something that comes naturally to me. And when it goes, you know, everybody, anybody that works with me knows I go through, like, I'm devastated. I cry for days. I really do because it's just unnatural. We've had a lot of people in Nashville, you know, Faith Hill, I know she was out for five months. We've had almost all our top singers mm -hmm. have had throat problems. And yes. Dr. Olaf has There's taken something it. going on. I don't know what it is. And I don't know if the ozone is crazy or whatever, but, you know, that's what they say. But it's something. And, and, and it's I, these allergies and things are happening too. A lot of my, my friend singers are having problems. You know, I was Tony Braxton. I was just talking to her. She's got problems. It's like, I don't know what's going on, but we all are like having this thing. I don't know. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? But it seems it like one's bad enough to be singing on outdoor stages and breathe the bugs. Right. I know that. Oh, you that's know how I feel about thing. bugs. You know, I don't like bugs. Swallowed a good bug. You know, Remember Nashville? Yeah. I was done. I was about to die. It's a terrible thing. It is. <laughs> what is your passion about acting? Is it just something that you're kind of curious about that you're, that you obviously, you know, you're in your third movie because you're making one now with Denzel, but where does it rank with your music or it can't rank? doesn't. Not at all. It's just another arena of entertainment for me. Music is number one in my life. Movies is the gravy. It's just something that I really want to learn a lot about. I'm more interested in like what goes on behind the cameras and stuff. You know, like, what is that little thing right there? You know, or what does he do? You know, how, does, how did you get that light to do that? You know, I, I like stuff like that. But you, you apparently so effortlessly get your picture made. I mean, you've done videos and that had to have helped you a lot. Just getting used to, you know, working with yes. the camera and doing yes. all that. It's the dialogue that is the tricky part, isn't it? That's the tricky part. And walking to your mark hmm. <laughs> and having to remember your dialogue and, and staying in that mark because you can really get natural about it and forget that you are acting and you're on film, you're being taped, you know? So it gets weird sometimes, you know, especially for me, because I'm like music, you know, that kind of thing. I was so. watching your rehearsal for the Grammys uh, one year and you're, you're like, the only two people I've ever seen do this, you and Karen Carpenter. Your bad stuff sounds like most people's good stuff. And <laughs> even when you're doing practicing and walking around, do you really work on your craft that much of the singing part? Is it like a, like a muscle that you work on all the time and practice yes. or is it just, God's gift I, or what? No, it is God's gift, but it must be worked with. Everything. A runner is a runner because he runs and he practices it. A swimmer is a good swimmer because they practice at it. A tennis player is a good tennis player because he practices at it. And you got to practice this. This and Whitney sings every day? Every day. To the baby or to somebody? To my Lord, to me, to my, my baby. It's it, like, I don't even know what I'm singing. Like I said to my cousin the other day, he was my secretary, I said... I don't sing all the time. She said, yes, you do. I said, no, I don't. She said, you don't realize it. But I, she said, you do because I can be, a, it's like speaking, so I don't realize it. Looking out the window and I'll start a tune. She goes, you sing every day. Yes, I do. Nice meeting you. Nice again. meeting Thank you, too. You. Love Take you care. Thank you. Backing up for a second, The Bodyguard was Grammy Award for Album of the Year, and it remains the best-selling soundtrack album of all time. I wasn't sure that it beat That's Saturday Night Fever, which yeah. was Great. You know, number yeah. one forever, but it did, and I'm not surprised by that. So now we're up to this past movie, uh, Waiting to Exhale, and then she goes into The Preacher's Wife. Oh, yeah. And Great. the soundtrack for this one became the best-selling gospel album of all time. 
And, uh, you know, it's whatever she was doing because she's so good at it. She got to be a better actress, I think, too. Mm -hmm. And uh, she seemed to be on this day. I felt something was wrong. I don't know what it was, but it just she she was always friendly to me. Yeah. But she was just always a nervous flower. And and this is for the movie. I think we are at 1996 now for Preacher's Wife, a movie that she starred in with Denzel Washington. Would you get mad if I said that I thought this was your best acting job? You look more comfortable mm-hmm. in this role. I wouldn't get mad at that at all. I thought you just looked more at ease or something in the lines that you delivered. Oh, it's probably because, you know, that's my home. It's, you know, what I'm familiar with. And there's a joy in, in singing gospel and, and in church. There's a joy that I remember most. And it came all came back to me. And it was fun. It just takes time, I guess, getting used to delivering dialogue in front of a camera. It's like anything else. Yeah, well, you know, you got to, you know, think that my first movie, I was co-starring with Kevin Costner, and I didn't know what I was getting myself into for that, you know, and I had to do a soundtrack. You know, for Exhale, I was working with some of the greatest people, you know, Forrest Whitaker and Angela Bassett, Loretta and Leela, and, and all these great people, and, you know... Here I am, you know, the newcomer, you know, I'm a singer turned actress, not actress turned singer, you know, but I know that a lot of the appeal is because I am a singer and that I, I can handle the camera. Um, it, gets, it gets to be a, a learning process when you have to learn how to step from one mark to another and say your lines fluently. You know, I have problems with that because I'm a rhythm girl. You know, I'm not beats. That 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 that. I'm I'm on. I'm like that. <laughs> things better flow with Whitney, right? Yeah, you know, music gotta go, gotta flow. And some things don't, and that throws you. Sometimes. Did you? Uh, were you a natural ice skater, by the way? I saw you, Denzel, out there. You were trying to fall. Was that an acting, or was that a? I was an acting. <laughs> okay. Because uh, you're good on ice. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. So was D. He was good. I was just left uh, Denzel a few minutes ago, and he was talking about how they had you guys, the tabloids, had the most fun at that scene because he said he would, they'd say cut, and he hear all the, you know, it would kind of. He wasn't used to being around all that kind of yeah, stuff, and he's yeah. a big star. Yeah, he used to always say, "How do you deal with this? You know, how do you deal with that kind of stuff?" And it was weird because I thought you're Denzel Washington. I mean, you know, but movies and music they have a different, yeah. you know, uh, uh, mechanics mechanics that go along with that, you know. My world is full of, of, you know, it's that rock and roll syndrome, you know. We know they're doing something. Do you think it's because, you know, you sing a lot of times kind of personal songs and people might have memories? I don't know. what I'm trying to understand it a little bit more because there is such a fuss think, about you and Madonna and a few other girl singers particularly. I think uh, music touches the cores of the heart mm-hmm. a lot more. I think it's because if you can close your eyes and listen to music and create your own picture, then it stays with you longer. You know, it stays with you, it lingers. Songs last forever, mm-hmm. you know. Movies last forever, but you have to put them in to see them with your vision, you know. But music, you can think in your mind and create your own thing. Do you know a hit song when you hear one, or does Clive or whoever presents you with some of your music have to sell you on some of the things? Are no. you a good ear? I have a great ear. I know a hit song when I... Hear one, because I know how to make hit records. Have any of the hits that we have heard, have you resisted any of those, or you just knew they were right off the bat? 
I held them, held them, most of them, like step by step I held and I believe in you and me, I held. Um, for preachers, for, for waiting to exhale, I had a song called Why Does It Hurt So Bad? And I held for two years. And that, that was because I wanted to wait until the experience came of hurting so bad to where I could really pour it out. You know? mm. yeah. What's the deal with you in concerts these days? Well, you know, I haven't seen you in, I, mean, I don't remember the last time you came through middle America at least singing. Uh, are you going to do that again ever? I might. I might. No time soon. I'm, you know, I've done that. I've been there and done that. and That's a lot of work. And it's it's, it's hard to, too. Yes, it's hard work and it's it's stressful on the body. You know, um, I have children now and it's you know, it's difficult. You know, traveling with the baby, you know, on your hip, one in your gut, you know, or both on your hip. You know, <laughs> what did he have there? Um, it's hard, and especially because my husband and I both do the same thing. You know, and we we don't like both being on tour at the same time. Would it be more possible to see you like for four or five days at Madison Square Garden or something where you could still be at home and still yes. do some concerts, something like that? Because yes. I think it would be a great loss if people couldn't see you singing live. Bless your heart. I mean, that's really, you do that so well. It would be like a lost talent, I think. Thank you. No, I intend to do it again. I just don't intend to do it to the degree I used to. I, mean, I don't think you need to ride the bus and go from stop to stop well, every night. Well, you have to. If you're going yeah, to do a countryside tour, then you have to go like that. That's the way it goes. And, and you're happy about the new baby coming along? Yes. Is it a boy or a girl? We don't know yet. We don't know? No. And I know you want a boy, though. Yeah, we want a boy. But I tell you, I have two daughters, and that's pretty fine. Is it? There's nothing wrong with that. Well, you know, whatever God gives us, it's cool. And tell it's Bobby, cool. there's nothing wrong with having two daughters. That's well, just twice as much he's love. Just, he's just thinking about when they get older and him sitting there with a shotgun and all that stuff. You I'm know? there. So he's, yeah, yeah you're there. there. You're there? And, okay. Uh, it's not fun. It's not fun. That part's not fun. Because there's little Jimmy Carter's and little Bobby Brown's running around. They're going right. to try to take our daughters out. Right. And this is a scary thought right. for all, yes. all yes. parents. It's payback. My mama, <laughs> I call it my mama's payback. <laughs> See? That's what that is. So See? it just mm, makes you sweat. Makes you sweat. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now that thought. Uh, we have another movie planned. Are we going to take a year off and do the baby and yeah i'm gonna take a year off do the well, baby thing and you know i'm gonna travel with my husband for a while you know he's going on tour so bobby chris and i are gonna go with him mm. <laughs> i was so glad to see you do some gospel stuff for a time uh, this is this was a lot of fun it, it exposes people to have never a lot of people haven't ever heard that southern gospel kind of clap right. your hand you know there's a lot of people in this world that have never right. been exposed to that oh man you got I mean, they're you, missing something you never heard it oh my god Gotta hear it. It's great. Nice yes. seeing you again. Nice seeing you right. too, Donna. Thank you. Somewhere after this, she re-signed with Arista for $100 million, My one of the biggest Lord. recording deals of all time. How does that, let me, but let me ask you. her personal problems started coming in, this Bobby Brown Oh, that was stuff. a disaster. Let me and, ask you a question, Jimmy, just to relate to today. I mean, somebody like Taylor Swift, not even in the same ballpark vocally. I mean, let's get real. No, but, no. But uh, fan base and contractually and stuff like that, is is that a bigger deal than a Taylor Swift deal? I mean, is that hundred times bigger? I mean, put that in perspective. Well, it's and, and you know, remember that's what twenty something years ago. Yeah, and uh, it was huge. I mean, yeah. I don't know if you could be apples and oranges. Yeah, yeah. Because totally. Taylor obviously is a huge, you know, big deal potentially because she's still making money. But you yeah. know, I this might have been a hundred million total. Yeah. I don't know that she got a hundred million dollar check. She probably, yeah, yeah. Over you know, time. they probably never paid all this out. It'd be my guess. But you know, she had a great recording career. Yes, she did. to say the least, and her future was was great. And then it all just her album in two thousand two, Just Whitney mixed reviews, drug use and 
Her marriage to singer Bobby Brown received widespread mm-hmm. media coverage during all that time. And then after a six-year break in recording, she returned uh, with a final studio album, and it didn't do that much, and then she died. So she was, her voice was screwing up because yeah. of her drug use or whatever they were doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is just tragedy after tragedy. Now, this Christmas, I believe December 21, uh, this one coming up, and if you're listening to this later than 2022, we're talking six months before the movie arrives, uh, an unknown actress is going to play Whitney. Really? Stanley Tucci. Uh, he's a great actor. T-U-C-C-I. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Mm-hmm. But he's going to play Clive Davis. Uh, I I want to dance with somebody is the oh, name of the movie. That's a great title. Yeah. There are some documentaries that are out there um, about Whitney and her life and the tragedy and all that stuff. But I thought it would be interesting just to hear her voice because like the Elvis movie, yeah. I think you're going to see a resurgence in Whitney Houston music oh, yeah. and just all the stuff around Whitney Houston as there is for Elvis. Before I we... love uh, a lot of Whitney Houston music, especially from the time of the Bodyguard soundtrack. It's great. And, yeah, uh, I mean... I was a great singer. One of my favorite singers of all time. I would really. agree with that, and I'll, and I'll add two things. One, I think... Uh, she put Dolly's song on the map. Obviously, Dolly does a great job and all that. But but she, I mean, oh, yeah. she put safe. that song on another level. And I didn't even realize that was Dolly's song for the longest time. And two, I'll ask you the hard question. And maybe it's not a hard question. Maybe it's a simple question. But I'll ask it. Is she the best female vocalist of all time? In the world of pop music? I don't know who. I mean, there's stylists, you know, that are great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, whether you're Madonna or Carol King or Leslie Gore or Dusty Springfield yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or Faith Hill or Trisha Yearwood or whoever you might be, yeah. they're all excellent singers. Uh, but Whitney was special. I agree. Uh, she's I agree. up there. She was friends with CC and BB and CC Wine and the gospel singer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Whitney started off in church. Yeah. And with her mother, Sissy Houston, who was a great singer, and her aunt. Dion Warwick. Oh, uh, she come. She came from a family there of just unbelievable royalty. singers. Yeah, royalty. Yeah. And Whitney had power and style and and material. I mean, yeah. the material that Clive Davis, you know, had for her. You could just. I, I love her music even today. It's not to me dated a bit, and that's rare. Most yep. songs and arrangements just don't hang up. And uh, I could list all those titles, but no, she uh, was people. Uh, maybe this gets people to listen to some of her music. Go to iTunes, yeah, and just find some of it. And again, I'm expecting Whitney Mania with the publicity machine to kick in all over again in the late fall. That's fine with me. That's fine with me. She had a range like nobody else. Her voice was pure. I don't know if it was perfect pitch or not, but to me, it was. She's and a natural. She was yeah, just, effortless. you know, she was like one of those. She was like a Tom Brady. Uh, yeah. yeah they just, some people are just, yeah, they've got to tone it and polish it. Yeah. And it doesn't, uh, I mean, her nickname was The Voice. Yeah. And yeah. That's, what, that's what they went by with her. Sold over 200 million records worldwide. I mean, good wow. Lord. Wow. It's just saving all my love for you. Oh, beautiful. Song. Where do broken hearts go? I just yeah. wanted to listen to some of the song titles. Of course, I Will you. Always Love You was a great one. She was very kind. I particularly on that first interview, I told her that my daughter, uh, one of my daughters, whoever it was at the time, uh, I have three. So I'm not sure which one was really all into Whitney Houston, but she was. And I'm your baby tonight. I remember that one. All the men that need 
I will always love you. Just goes on and on. Yeah. And uh, wow, she was she was something. Yeah, I agree. She was something. And I, I just hate the way she she went out. It was just a tragedy, more so than just about uh, any of these. It was tragedy how Elvis went down the hill. Yeah, and went out too. Yeah. But she was she was a great one. And uh, wow, wow, wow. Indeed. You know, you know, Jimmy, I love doing this, and every week we bring something out of the vault on Sweeping the Country. And this one, they're, they're always special when the artist isn't with us anymore. They're special always. But when you get a chance to go back and listen to somebody that has passed on, yet has contributed so much to the music industry, uh, so much to the movie industry, and all that kind of stuff, and get to know the real them. And the only way we can do that is through these interviews uh, with you. So, again, I appreciate you sharing these with us and our you audience. Know, by the way, for me, yeah. I just have thought about this sitting. I was trying to imagine sitting across from her the times I did and seeing her yeah. and interviewing her at the Grammys and those kind of, where she was agitated on one of those nights. Yeah, yeah. But she was pretty. Yeah, yeah. She Gorgeous. was a pretty girl. Mm-hmm. And sitting across from her, she was just beautiful. You know, she was a young woman, beautiful. And, uh, you know, it's just, again, it's such a shame. I was trying to think of how old she was when we talked. Uh, born in 63, 73, 83. She was 32, 33, 34 yeah. years old, so something like that. So young, she was, yeah. she was, uh, you know, certainly at the height of her beauty, I thought. Yeah, it was just great stuff. And I love you uh, taking us into their lives and getting to know them personally each week. And folks, if you enjoy this, go back. We have so many interviews already on Sweeping the Country. They're called From the Vault. We'll do it again next week. Jimmy, thank you so much for being part of this and introducing us to personally to Whitney Houston. And uh, what do you think next week? What are we going to do next week? Have you thought about it yet? Steven Spielberg. Oh, my God. The great director, Steven Spielberg. <laughs> that is a right tack. I mean, we just went over Steven Spielberg. It's going to be excellent. Make sure you tune in. Thank you all for joining us on Sweeping the Country. Until next time, good day. Good day.